Hey, Dr. Donish, hold on. You're telling me my love life doesn't have to decline as I age? <laughs> what is the secret? Well, James, we'll talk about this in the next episode of the Wellward Way podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, Dr. Donish, you're telling me my love life doesn't have to decline as I age? What's the secret? Well, James, we'll talk about it in the next episode of the Wellward Way podcast. So stay tuned, everyone. Hi, I'm Dr. Donish, uh, Medical Director of Wellward Medical in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. James Escaloni. You're listening to the Wellward Way podcast, where we empower our community by demystifying pain, both physical and emotional, and give our patient population the knowledge they need for optimal health. Uh, Today, we're talking about a very sensitive topic, uh, what people often deem as a sensitive topic, which is which is your intimate life, your sex life, your love life, whatever you want to term it. Um, it's, a, it's a topic that often doesn't get a lot of attention in the medical space, and yet it's such a key to who we are and I, our identity, uh, both as an individual and as um, elements of our relational identity. Uh, it's a topic that we often get a lot of hesitation from patients to talk about, uh, but given the fact that this is uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day out there. Valentine's Day month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it is uh, high time to really have the courage to discuss these topics uh, in the public space. So, um, James, you brought up this myth of aging and the definitive impact that it has on our sexuality and our libido it's often it's often uh, a concern or consideration for people because um, they kind of uh, reach a point of frustration and then they go through this hope and despair cycle enough times where you lose the courage to have the hope that things could be better but it can help to understand what actually happens to us as we age and why our, our sexual appetite and our ability to perform declines as we age. Um, a lot of it has to do with the way that our joints age as well. And some people will ask us, well, what are we doing if we're doing orthopedics and regenerative medicine? Um, why dabble into this space? But the way that our bodies degrade with time whether it's dealing with your joints or dealing with your sexual organs it's the same processes Uh, and the way we can help to reverse that trend is the same in both cases as well okay so this has always been something I've wondered about because I still remember people telling me when I helped take care of them at nursing facilities that just at a certain point, get ready for it. You're just not going to have that love life anymore. And it really scared the poop out of me when I was younger, <laughs> honestly. And so it's really, uh, it's kind of an exciting thing for me to to think about this, that they, they, do, they, they told me things that didn't have to be that way, that I actually can be a better change for myself and uh, have a better relationship with my wife because of this good information. Well, a lot happens as we age, and if we look at just the way um, our skin and our hair changes with age, a lot of it has to do with the integrity of the connective tissue in our body. So our cells create 
kind of like a handhold among the different, you know, if you, if you look at tiny little cells in our body and you imagine them as having, you know, a face and a hands and, and feet, each cell is connected to the next one by holding each other's hands and feet. Um, but this connection starts to decline as we age, and this happens on many different planes. When we're talking about joints, we're talking about the ligaments that hold things together. And when we're talking about the sexual organs, well, both men and women actually have um, a uh, vascular changing or changes or blood changes uh, that happen when you're aroused. The blood vessels will thicken and they become like kind of spongy um, because they get filled with fluid, and that's what you know causes the arousal action. And both men and women have it. It's just that men are on the outside, women are on the inside. Um, the thing is that as we age, because we lose those hand holding, those little cells lose their grip on each other, the the stability and integrity of the tiniest little blood vessels in those organs starts to break down, just as it does in our kidneys, just as it does in our, our joints. And it's that loss of circulation or the loss of the uh, tiniest blood vessels that causes those changes where the performance and the, the engagement declines, the desirability declines because the sensation declines. Uh, the sensation declines because the tiniest nerves in our body aren't getting fed with as much nutrients from the blood vessels, and so they start to decline. So it all becomes this snowballing effect that culminates in uh, an inability to either perform a limited endurance for performance or uh, limitation in how sensitive you are to, to reach that point of climax. This is a pretty big topic, and I'm starting to think more and more about this. It's bringing me back to actually one of our patients that we treated that uh, at first uh, it, it, they, weren't, uh, they weren't really getting to the point because they were a little bit nervous about talking about it. But then after we started to get their trust in that initial conversation, the real reason they were there came out, that they were actually having problems with uh, sexual activity, intimacy, and trying to figure out what we could do for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, they came for different issues, but as they learned more about what we do, um, this couple kind of started to engage with us on that, on that level. And, uh, and exactly right. I mean, it was, it was a couple in, with, in whom um, their kids had grown up and left for college. They had more time together. They were very close, um, but they acknowledged that they had, they, they had a decline in their in their love life. Um, and when we really started to get into the, the details, they'd had several children together and, uh, and each, of those, each of those natural births had a toll on her, um, her sexual function uh, in particular. And it became, it became very um, stigmatized for the, for the, the couple uh, almost to the point where it became a, a difficult conversation for them to have. Um, but when we really started to look at the functionality of it, she was more affected than he was. Um, so we focused more on her in that case, but there's, a, there's an intervention called the O-Shot, and it's trademarked by um, a pretty intelligent doctor down in Alabama. And then the corollary for men is the P-Shot. Uh, these are regenerative injections using growth factors 
that help to restore the tiny blood vessels that I talked about declining as we age. It helps to restore the, the functionality of those to get those organs working again. Um, so the O-shot works for women, the P-shot works for men, and uh, um, it, it, it can be very effective in kickstarting and restarting the, uh, the growth of those blood vessels and the growth of those nerves, which helps to restore the functionality and restore the sensitivity of those areas. So one of the things that you said to, especially this the female patient, like I still remember her eyes got really big when you said it, how the birthing process is traumatic. And we think about how all the things go on with all the other parts of the body, but that trauma is that element that people don't look at for how it can have an effect on your, your intimacy and your sex life. Yeah, a big, big impact. I mean, a lot of women will note that um, it feels different uh, in their pelvis after having had birth and it indeed is different a lot of tissue gets stretched and changes after whether it's natural childbirth or c-sections both have an impact uh, in that area and in particular uh, women are very vulnerable to changes because the uh, urethra is is kind of in, in mixed in the urethra is where urine comes out it's mixed in with all the uh, other sexual organs like your clitoris and your G-spot. Um, in fact, your G-spot is what holds the urethra in place and the soft tissue around it is what gives the sensitivity during um, sex, sex, but it also helps to support the urethra. So a lot of women who have childbirth and then have what's called stress incontinence, meaning that if they cough or sneeze or strain um, there can be a little bit of leakage. That happens because the connective tissue around the urethra starts to lose its stability and integrity. In particular with, with childbirth, because all that tissue gets stretched out, that becomes very, very vulnerable to injury. Um, not even injury, but just natural changes. So it's, it's quite common for women to lose their sensitivity because of that. And it's very, very common to develop some degree of urinary incontinence, particularly as they age and their connective tissue becomes even looser uh, with age. Well, that's something I've heard from a lot of my friends who do a lot of CrossFit gym classes. They do jumping jacks and that leaking's happening. So it starts to make me think how many people also have that leaking who probably are not willing to talk about how this might be a part of their life too. Big time. And, and what's interesting is uh, you would think that it'd be harder to talk about sex than it would be to talk about leaking urine. But interestingly enough, both are really difficult for people to bring up. I mean, it's just such an embarrassing thing because we have these stigmas in our mind of what our bodies should do. And when they're not able to do those things, it becomes um, really a, a big crisis of identity. So uh, those are very, it takes a lot of courage to have those conversations particularly with your clinicians. And I know that doctors aren't really trained to have those conversations on, on a comforting, intimate level, uh, at least not everybody. It's just kind of something that you learn as you go. But it's so critical to have a trusting relationship with your clinician or your doctor in order to be able to bring those topics up and discuss them because there are solutions. It's just, uh, it just needs the courage to have, have that brought up with the right physician who can who can direct you or lead you to those solutions
Well, that's actually bringing a good uh, segue for the, the, the male in the relationship. And so kind of like you mentioned to the audience here that they had come in because of other issues, but the male started to trust us after we fixed his knee and his back. And that's when he brought up the intimacy issue. Mm -hmm. And so his was a different issue. It wasn't all physiological. And I think that's that needs to be spoken about when we're talking about this for couples. Yeah, I mean, for, for both men and women, there's a physiologic anatomic part of it, which is the blood vessels and getting getting regrowth in those in the vascular integrity and the nerve uh, endings but it also uh, has a big role uh, has a has a the other big role is uh, the intimacy the connectivity and particularly as our body changes it can really influence how we think about ourselves our self-esteem what defines our, our conscious identity uh, and and these issues are not always on the forefront. It's not even that people uh, know what to bring up or know that that problem exists. In this couple, for instance, both sides were having uh, pretty significant uh, insecurities because of the conflicts or the, the issues that they were having. And they felt like, you know, this fear of if this is it, if this is as good as it's going to get, uh, that fear actually created a barrier between the two of them because every time they tried to get intimate it was just a point of frustration and it started to get to the point where they didn't want to engage on that intimate plane and were kind of becoming complacent about that aspect of their relationship that was taking a toll on their everyday relationship so they were still good friends but they had evolved more into a roommate situation as opposed to really an affectionate loving um, intimate relationship and the the issue was really threefold because it had something to do with how she felt about herself, how he felt about himself, and how each of them felt about the relationship. Essentially, there are three lives in there that really warranted resuscitation. Um, and by lives, I mean the figurative life of who you are, who your identity is, who you think, how you think about yourself. And then how you think about your partner and your relationship. These are three independent lives that warrant attention. But it's oftentimes really hard to talk about ourselves in, as a third person. And that's where uh, we use um, our dissociative anesthetic or a psychedelic therapy uh, with ketamine. Because it gives us the opportunity to tease apart the thinking brain from the regulatory part of the brain like the part that controls your blood vessels that controls your your nerves that controls the ner neurological system that stimulates arousal and stimulates orgasm um, that's that's what I call the regulatory brain and uh, our nervous system we divide into the thinking brain the regulatory brain and then the peripheral nervous system or the nerves that go into the to the body and ketamine we've talked about particularly used in depression and pain management because it's affecting that regulatory part of the brain and creating some space between that and the thinking brain and the peripheral nervous system. So you're able to really explore identity from a, a perspective that really isn't accessible in other modes. Um, you're able to look at yourself with all your thoughts but disconnected from the emotions or opposite. You're able to examine an emotion 
without the guards and the barriers that your thoughts put into place because you know we we all have fears that we have a hard time expressing um, this couple was a perfect example they they feared what was happening to their identity as an individual which affected their self-esteem and thereby also influenced their confidence in the in the intimacy of the relationship without having explored those issues i think we would have had some impact on their their love life but we had so much greater impact just delving into that level that's such a huge important part of this that i think a lot of people don't understand if if the people at home could have seen this couple it, they were they were a happy couple or married they liked talking about their kids but there there seemed like there was almost an invisible barrier they'd like pat each other on the back uh, it, it there's something that just seemed not exactly cold but it wasn't warm either yeah it's it's so interesting because those subtleties you wouldn't even think about it unless you really got to know somebody or you you had developed this ear for those tiny little signals that that reveal um, a loss of connectivity, a loss of connection between two partners. Um, you're right. I mean, it's we all know that that moment in a relationship where uh, that honeymoon stage is past, that infatuation stage of of just being hot and heavy for each other is past, and you've you've settled into some level of normalcy with the other person. Um, it's so easy to take it for granted that this is a relationship that needs nurturing and love just as much as we do uh, for our own bodies. Like the fact that uh, we can become complacent about eating well or exercising, well, the same, same thing can happen to a relationship where you lose the, the drive to really focus on the energy of the relationship, the intimacy of the relationship. And in my opinion, there's nothing, nothing more important than intimacy in any relationship. Um, I think the goal for the, the, what we all seek in all of our relationships, not just our, our affectionate partner, but our children, our parents, our uh, siblings, our aunts, uncles, our close friends, it's intimacy. We want the feeling of being revealed to somebody and being affirmed or seen for that revelation for that core of who we are uh, that that has you know a, a big effect in both directions where how we view the ability to be vulnerable and intimate has an effect effect on how how our love life can work how, how our sexuality works but the other way is possible too uh, the impression of how we perform and how satisfying we are to our partner has a huge impact on our own level of vulnerability or comfort with who we are. Uh, so it's not just about sexual performance. It's also about rekindling the intimacy, the connectivity, and finding the love not just for your partner, but for yourself, which is often more difficult for people uh, than you would think. And fortunately with these guys, and I loved seeing it afterwards, they were just a couple again, and it was so wonderful to see. Yeah, they, I mean, you could, you could see the, the life in them. I mean, the energy level was different after 
going through treatment on both sides, um, their energy was very, very different. You could feel it. They would hold hands in the office. They would actually, I mean, previously they would come to the office independently. Now they were coming together. It was really nice to see. Mm-hmm. It just, it really brightens my day when I see things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I encourage people not to put this off, not to delay this. It, it, it's easy to marginalize it, but it really is such an important part of who we are. If it's an area that you're struggling, uh, then I encourage you to look us up on the web, on our website, wellwordmed.com. Um, you can send a, a message so that one of our staff will reach out to you and contact you and uh, discuss your needs in a discreet manner and schedule you for an appointment. I mean, we're a clinic that sees a wide spectrum of conditions from orthopedic issues to um, mental health issues to sexuality. So there's no stigma in walking through our doors. And all we, all we want to do is assist you in a private and protective way. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, thanks for coming to the show and listening to the Wellward Way podcast. We appreciate your listening. And if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see more of our videos about other topics that we've created that hopefully have a good interest for you, like this show has been. So for now... I'm Dr. Escaloni. And I'm Dr. Donish. We'll see you next time.